Welcome to Further Up and Further In. I'm Amy and I'm here with Michelle. Hi Amy, so excited about we're gonna what we're gonna rumble with today. Can I also just say for our listeners that I'm really excited about your purple hair. You just I know. kind of freshened up. No one can see it, but we should get pictures on our page. Fresh it ones. It should. It's back and it makes me makes me feel so happy and even though I recognize obviously this is not my natural hair color. But I just feel more myself with like the nice, bright, vibrant purple hair. Isn't that funny? Because when I met you, you were not purple hair. No, I was... Meh. Meh. Bland hair. So anybody wants to know the story behind the purple hair, go back and listen to Amy's story. But just know that there's vibrancy in this conversation just in its physical presence. Yes. And we have more to say today about who I really am. Mmm. Yeah. So... It's kind of a complicated thing sometimes. It feels to me like here I am pushing the limits of half a century and I'm still figuring out who I am. Yeah. And different seasons in our life and different uh, challenges we face start to unravel, challenge, unsettle. There's constant discovery. I'm finding that even by decade, people face different challenges in this. So we kind of wanted to talk about how do we untangle who we are separate from what we do whoa 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 wait a minute are you saying that who i am is not the same as what i do yeah no (laughs) cue the sarcasm music (laughs) who you are is not your purple hair it's true yep your purple hair is an expression of something beautiful inside Mm -hmm. of you that it also it draws people to you in a way or makes people curious about you in a way or perhaps even makes them judge you in a way. Mm-hmm. Yes, I definitely maybe have experienced that one a bit. <laughs> but you've also taken great delight in rattling people's paradigms about yes, things like this. Yes, it's true. Mm-hmm. You wear your purple hair as a demonstration of the fact that you are a risk-taking, vibrant woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just in case anybody hasn't caught up on Amy's story. So I don't think we ever set out to mean that what we do is who we are. And sometimes we even think that we've got it figured out. Oh, yeah. Until all of a sudden it becomes aware. Oh, I've so... And actually, I feel like I'm in a season of this right now. Okay, can you tell us more about that? That um, just in the last little bit, it really has felt like Jesus has asked me to step back from some things that... I, even a year ago, Jesus was like, no, I want you to step into doing things at the church and different things. They weren't even necessarily things you were super excited to do at the time, but you felt no, you were obedient. Exactly. And then I really liked doing them and it was good and all the things. And then just feeling like Jesus is, you know, has asked me to step back. So I've stepped back and now I'm right in that rumble of, am I feeling unsettled because I had my identity tied in that? Or am I feeling unsettled because I have giftings that aren't being used right now and there's a lack of purpose and light and drivenness in my life right now. So those are two distinctly different things. Can you unpack them just a little bit more? Um, yeah, the, the, is my identity tied up? Is the like, hey, I am significant. I am worth something. I have something to say because I was leading the women's ministry or because for a time I was doing the student ministry, um, helping in the student ministry leadership. That's like, identity tied up or is it like man I am gifted and called to be a leader to shepherd to um, teach people things and if I don't have outlets for that then there feels like I'm not stewarding the gifts God has given me 
So one of them is a really good thing and one of them is an unhealthy thing. Yes. Yeah. And so I'm right in the middle of like, but how do I tell? So I am like excited for this topic because I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's hope that up. at the end I will be like, no, no, I'm, I'm good. Or, okay, that's good to know that there was little threads of something. Yeah, because for sure at no point did you have a conscious thought, I'm doing this because this makes me important. No. No. Because if there was, I'd be like, whoa, wait a minute. What is going on here? And Jesus loves us so much that he loves to help us unravel these things that we don't even know Mm -hmm. are there. And so some of this, right now, you feel like you're stepping back in obedience because you've just sensed God saying this season is over. And kudos to you for doing that because A, you like it. So when you let it go, you are surrendering something that you enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And B you made space for someone else to step into things that God was actually calling them to. Yes. And so, yay, you're not acting like an orphan clinging to something that actually isn't good for you if it's not God's season for it anymore. Mm -hmm. So you're choosing that, which is really cool and wise and mature. Go, Amy. Thanks. (laughs) No sarcasm there, girl. We need music for that too. Um, (laughs) Sometimes these things happen inevitably. Hmm. They happen when... He said, oh, for me, just with this fresh in my mind, because I was sharing with a bunch of moms yesterday, man, when I had babies. Yeah. And all of a sudden, my life shifted on its axis. And everybody who's been a stay-at-home mom who oh. went from career to now I'm home with kids has been rocked by this. Yes. It, you didn't know you were going to have an identity crisis. Yeah. And now you're having an identity crisis. And no sleep. No sleep. Whatever, breastfeeding woes. Yeah. Hormone soup. <sighs> yeah. So it's like yeah. a perfect storm. With a wonderful gift in it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And other times I've experienced that. See, when I like had a surgery or I was sick and couldn't do what I always did, some of it's going to happen in the process of aging. Mm-hmm. We're noticing with our, our empty nest, there's like this shifting in purpose and meaning and significance again. And none of it's like a bad smackdown thing, but it's a great opportunity to recognize how have I confused things? Yeah. Someday I might have a change in jobs that's going to be another sifting process. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually we retire and some people experience that as like the most wonderful thing they've been waiting for. And then all of a sudden, the sudden vacuum of, well, I didn't see this coming. Mm-hmm. Who am I apart from what I do? Let's start with a very important truth. God created us all with gifts and talents. Yes. He made us with gifts and talents. Those gifts and talents are meant to express his glory They're meant to create flourishing on the earth. We're supposed to do things we're gifted to do. Mm -hmm. I knew somebody once that was like, I'm going to... It was very weird, but I'll share it because it makes perfect sense in my head as an example. They were going to not take a job in an accounting firm, which they were trained to do. They were going to go work on a pig farm for the summer as a way to like sort of martyrdom because I love accounting so much. Surely that can't be Jesus. Right? That was the thinking was. uh, Clearly this is all about pride and vanity and blah, 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 blah. So I'm going to like nail myself to the cross by going and doing something I hate. Don't do that. Yeah. No. You know, it's it's like with the two ditches again, right? Yeah. You start to feel joy and satisfaction and even maybe you are aware. Man, when I do this, I feel so good. And I recognize some of that is good and some of it's a little off. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the enemy just wants to throw you into the ditch of being afraid of proud instead of proud. Yeah. So just like hear our voices right now saying, no, stop it. Yeah. 
do what God created you to do. And do it with an awareness that the enemy could come in with pride and corrupt identity attachments and just say, Jesus, help me. He's not going to give you the smackdown. But as I pay attention to the little twitches of my soul in different directions, I recognize, you know, yesterday somebody gave me some words of affirmation and I was like, that's really nice. And then I almost felt like clutching it to myself a little more. And I was like, no, I know that. That's unhealthy. That's beyond... Yeah, it's good yeah. to be affirmed and appreciated. But I, I could just tell the twitch in my soul was to make it something that it wasn't meant to be. Mm, a yeah. reassurance that I am a wonderful and valuable person. Mm-hmm. And then it's a bad idea. It's no longer feedback on my work. It's a value statement about who I am. Mm. And then it becomes an identity thing. Yeah. So some of you, as we're talking, you might be like, this sounds familiar from my only matter if. Mm-hmm. And there's similarities in this. And yet it's such a specific topic that I think comes up quite frequently mm-hmm. that we really felt to take a to take an episode to untangle specifically this around the doing identity that sort of thing would be really valuable to our listeners yeah so by all means go back and listen to the I only matter if podcast mm-hmm. now I just had some feedback from someone on that podcast the other day and okay. she was really struggling with it okay which was the first time I had had that so I was like okay, okay. I'm so fascinated yeah. tell me more about this yeah and she said It bugs me because I know I'm important and I know I'm significant. This has been a huge part of my journey that I do matter. And I was like, you do matter. Yeah. The the trap of the enemy is that we can have really good theology or really good academic Mm -hmm. intellectual understanding of something and we still live it out from our hearts. Yeah. In a different way. So there's like knowing and then there's knowing. So I said, if you can acknowledge and be affirmed that, yeah, you do matter. You are so significant. And that maybe you can see by what's going on in your life that there must be something else going on too. Mm. So overcommitted to too many things, exhausted, frustrated, super emotional over saying no to people. Big old red flags for identity issues tied Mm. up in doing. And it's not just... I matter, it's I only matter if. Mm-hmm. And it really, the only and if really changes it in my mind. Yeah, and it helps me see the bent, right? Everything good that God has put inside of me, Satan has tried to corrupt. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I have a gift from God, a call from God to be a minister of reconciliation, a repairer of the breach, if people are familiar with that phrase in Isaiah. I know this is it. When I go into, I only matter if I make people feel good about themselves. That's a corruption of Mm -hmm. the gift of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. Two different things. One, I'm hinging my okayness on it. And the other, I'm going, Jesus, you called me to this. How would you like me to show up in this situation? Yeah. Yeah. And drawing it back to the doing is like, I'm only significant or I'm significant because I bring reconciliation. And we recognize the the problem when we are somehow unable to do those things. Ooh, yep. Because yeah. then all of a sudden it's... Yeah. You're not okay. Yeah. So I was talking to a new mom yesterday. She has a brand new baby. It's just the most wonderful, precious, fragile, sweet time. Oh, and, and the like worst. And it's really hard in some ways. And so she was struggling with the fact that she couldn't be helpful with a certain event. And like genuinely like... I want to be part of it. And also feeling, I could just see there was a pull that's bigger than that. Mm. 
And I said, what's, what is it? And she just said, well, I just love helping. And I was like, there's your gift. That's, she is a gift of service and gift of help. And she just loves, and man, when she shows up, you just feel, you experience Mm, that. When she's part of helping with something, she's there. And there's this sweet presence that makes things secure. And I, I don't know, I can't even fully express what I experience when I'm with her right off the top of my head. But you could tell that it was just like one more weight on her that on top of having no sleep and having pain in various places in her body was that, and now I can't even do this. Mm. And I said, does it just free you to know that you're still so precious and so needed, even if you don't bring help and service, that your presence here is actually going to change the atmosphere, even if you didn't put on the coffee and set up the stuff. And she just kind of like, like a little snap right in their head and looked me in the eye. And I was like, there we go. There's the difference between acknowledging she has a gift and she feels good when she does it. But can you also feel good when you don't do it? Mm-hmm. So what the heck do we do? How do we untangle it? I mean, like, how do I untangle it? How do I write as I'm even like, is this unhealthy? Or is this something that is just like anticipation and motivation to be using my gifts? Hmm. Or is it unsettled because little bits of my identity are, you know, tied up in nice little packages over in other places? What do we do? How do we do this? Does it make sense to you to say that you can kind of tell when your soul is hanging on to something? Oh, I totally. Yeah. Yeah. Even for your analytical mind. Totally. If you want to go back to analytical and intuitive to say, I recognize there's something in me clinging to this because it makes me feel Mm. significant. It makes me feel wanted. Yeah. It makes me feel like I have a place. Yeah. Which is different than having a purpose. Yeah. Because I think God created us with purpose and that there is something that's really good about, well, actually, this is scientifically proven, read it in a book this week, that those who help others, who give of themselves to make the world around them a better place, have far better physical and mental health. Hmm. Yeah. We were created by God to do good works. This is in scripture. You are created by God to do good works. You, you're meant to do something. So is your restlessness because you're not doing anything? And then, Jesus, what do you want me to do? Mm, Yeah. Yeah, I think that's such an important part of the question is, like, Jesus, what do you want me to do? Because you were created to do things. And so when you're in a season, you know, I've been there post-surgery, post-baby, where we can't do things, then how do we be okay? Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a season to receive. Yeah. Yeah. There's also a season to cultivate our gifts. So I wonder if in this season where you're not so overtly doing these things you were created to do, is there things that you can do to train and cultivate your skills? Mm. Because God is preparing you for another season. He's not going to like not use you ever again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a good thing that it's, I think that's such a important thing to point out is that there are seasons of, you know, doing the overt doing and works. There are seasons of receiving. And then there's seasons of cultivating. I think that's like a really good thing to point out. So the story I gave you about the guy that didn't want to be an accountant so that he could be a pig farmer, which he hated, is a good example of don't do things you hate doing just because you're going to somehow be holier. No. It's kind of in the same stream. It's like God wants us to suffer. 
theology. Yeah. <laughs> no, God wants to wants you to flourish. He wants you to use your gifts. He wants you to do that though as an offering, as a act of worship to Him, as an act of partnering with Him to release His glory in mm-hmm. all of creation in every sphere of influence. He doesn't. The enemy wants to rob you of the joy of that by tying it up in significance mm-hmm. and um, being wanted. Say you do recognize, as as listeners are listening to this and they recognize there's parts of their soul clinging to different things. Okay, so now we've realized that maybe maybe some of my identity is tied up in doing. Mm-hmm. Repent. Where do we take it from there? Repent. Jesus, I'm so sorry. I ask you to forgive me. I can tell that I have, you know, wrapped my value up in this. I've wrapped my value up in how people treat me because I'm part of this. And I just break agreement with those things. Like I break agreement with a lie that I'm insignificant if I don't make someone feel good. Mm -hmm. I break agreement with a lie that I'm only wanted if I get the job done. Mm. Yeah. There might be people that feel that way about me. That's unhealthy on their end. I still get to deal with my end. And for sure, you want to break unhealthy soul ties with people who you've really attached yourself to because of the way they... Um, celebrate your existence based on what you do. Mm, yeah, that's a really good point. These can be great relationships. Um, met with a lady who recognized this, and she was just like, but these are good relationships, so I'm so confused. And I'm like, of course they're good relationships. But the enemy wants to corrupt the relationship by you drawing your value and your life from that affirmation rather than recognizing it's a gift from God that's meant to sustain you, support you, encourage you, which are all godly things. Mm-hmm. So in breaking the unhealthy soul tie, all we did was take away the ungodly part and bless and keep the relationship God had for them. And all of a sudden, you know that feeling. It's like you can take a deep breath again. You yeah. feel excited about being around that person. You don't feel the angsty, are they going to approve of me? And I really hate having that edit in my head where I forget why I'm doing what I'm doing, mm. which, you know, is for to help people be healthy and to bring direct people to Jesus. And all of a sudden I'm thinking, oh, I wonder if so-and-so is going to approve of me saying it this way. Super red flag for me there. Yeah. And it frees me up so much when I deal with those things. Then I can do it with a vibrance that I think is way more effective. Mm, Yeah. Unfettered. Totally. So let's finish up here with this passage from Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God has good plans for us. There are things that we can do that's going to bring vibrancy and life to the world around us, joy and satisfaction to us. And he's also going to help us to not get it mangled up with purpose, meaning, significance, value, being wanted. He's going to help us sort all that out. And as we do all the good works that he created us to do, without being fettered by the attachment that it makes us important or it makes people want us, we're going to be really released to go further up and further in. Mm -hmm.